The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefold. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander, joined by Dr. Franklin Weefold. Hello, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Today's show, we're going to talk about myocarditis. Did I say it right? You did. Okay. Hey, you got it right. It's the heart inflammation that they're blaming on the vaccine. Right. We'll talk about a hay fever hack. You can clear your nose without medicine or sniffling. Well, you can help. You can help. And I've tried it. It works. Hillary Clinton warned us about the Wuhan lab. Are we shouting her out? No, shouting her down. <laughs> Whoa, okay. All right. All right. So so she warned us about the Wuhan lab, but yeah, you but, found a way to criticize her anyway. Well, 2009, yeah. um, she sent all these memos to people in the State Department saying, yeah. listen, there's a anti-vi- there's a antiviral there's a virus laboratory in Wuhan yeah. that is associated with the People's Republic of China military and yeah. we should be worried about them producing a bioweapon that would seriously affect billions of people across the world and they've That's dug this crazy up. talk yeah, I know crazy talk and the worst thing about it is <laughs> I mean she's the one who was chiming in calling all of us who considered initially that it had to have come the the COVID-19 had to have come from the lab yeah that we were racist and you know the thing is everybody should out there out there should know that I don't know how I could be racist against Chinese people I mean I'm half Chinese right so Hillary what which half of me is racist the upper half the lower half, the right half, or the left half. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we Asian Americans, we Chinese Americans, are Americans. Right. And so we don't have any other greater right than, say, a white person or a black person or a Hispanic person to criticize the Chinese government. So when we are talking about the lab and its origins in this devastating plague, we're not criticizing Chinese people. Right. We're criticizing the People's Republic of China and their communist government. We, uh, we have a story that the Chinese Communist Party has nominated the Wuhan lab for its highest science prize. And they wanted, they wanted to get the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Which, the Bat Lady. Is there a Nobel Prize for chutzpah? Chutzpah. Uh, it's not necessarily... <laughs> Chutzpah. It is called, um, you know, shaking the tree right. and seeing if what comes out is something that's not true. And, yeah. and, you know, trying to deflect the attention by just shouting out that we're the best and, uh-huh. and you can't criticize us, this doesn't fly. And it's just ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. 
So today, on the radio program, right now, we are awarding the first ever Heart Health Radio No Clue Prize to the Wuhan Virology Lab. Absolutely. And to the Chinese Communist Party that run it. And I can't believe that they want them to win a Nobel Prize, although basically the Nobel Prize ain't what it used to be. It ain't. It ain't. Also on the show, the Delta variant got a lot of people worried, and this myocarditis. Absolutely. And and your phone calls. Absolutely. 919-860-9783. Outside the Raleigh area, make sure it's Saturday from noon to 2 that when you dial the show, 919-860-9783. Talk to me about myocarditis. Is, so, it, is it something that has nothing to do with the disease or, or the vaccine? I mean, do you treat it otherwise? Yeah, so, so let's talk about the different vaccines and the different side effects first. So the J&J vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine, those are based on a different virus called an adenovirus that... Um, carries the spike protein. That's been associated with blood clots. They're not exactly sure why, um, but it can lead to blood clots in the legs that go to the lungs and also blood clots in the arteries. Again, about a one in a million chance, but definitely uh, an increased chance of getting it if you've had those two vaccines. Now, the mRNA vaccines were the ones that are mostly used, in fact, almost always used in in this country, Moderna and uh, Pfizer, and they work on a chemical called messenger RNA that codes for the spike protein. A little bit of a fat particle surrounds it, it gets in your cell, it hijacks the cell's machinery to make the spike protein, and then it gets out in your bloodstream and you make an immune response. Very effective, 96% effective, and that means 96 people who get out of 100 who get COVID will not have had the vaccine. Only four will have had the vaccine. Does that make sense? So when they talk about efficacy, right. out of 100 people who got COVID, no. 96 will have had not had the vaccine. Only four would have had the vaccine. That's okay. what of efficacy means. All right. So these are now definitely, uh, before it was not clear, Um, are associated with the development of myocarditis. Now, that risk is on the order of about one in a million. It's not a fatal illness. Uh, Myocarditis can be a fatal illness when it happens, you know, spontaneously. So you look at heart failure. People with very weak heart muscles, that's called heart failure from reduced ejection fraction, your heart gets flabby. A lot of those are caused by naturally occurring myocarditis. So Mm -hmm. there are viruses adenoviruses, even some people who get a coronavirus and people who've gotten COVID will get myocarditis. And we don't understand completely why, but it's an immune response and the muscles uh, of the heart become inflamed and they become weak. So what happens? We don't know why these messenger RNA viruses, Moderna and Pfizer, have a very rare side effect of myocarditis. It seems to occur in younger people who get the vaccine. Yeah. So I saw something on Tucker the other night, um, Tucker Carlson tonight, that I thought was a very good discussion, and that is who should get the vaccine, and it's a risk-benefit analysis. So if you look at anybody above the age of 50, right. it's clear 
that the side effects of all the vaccines, including the J&J and the AstraZeneca and the Moderna and the Pfizer, Mm -hmm. have such a low risk of side effects that the danger of having a serious health problem and death from COVID is way higher than the risk of something happening to you if you take the virus, I mean the vaccine. Now, young people, it's not clear, okay? The chance that an eight-year-old is going to die of COVID or get a very serious uh, complication of COVID is quite low. Right. So we've got to find out in those people who are young, is the vaccine worth the risk? So you get a one in a million chance of having myocarditis, which at this point in time is treatable. It seems that anti-inflammatory medications and those people who've gotten myocarditis from the vaccine, they go, it, the myocarditis goes away. Right. So I don't know the answer. And if somebody were to ask me, I'm over 50, do you recommend that I get the vaccine? I would say 100% of, yes, yes. I would say you definitely should get it because the risk of COVID is higher than the risk, obviously, of getting the vaccine. I don't think we have the answer yet in young people because this myocarditis has definitely been shown to be a problem. So what we need to know is, are the risks of the vaccine in young people less than the risk of COVID? And I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Now, I've recommended my daughter, who's Mm -hmm. 17, to get it. She has decided not to. Now, am I upset with my daughter? Heck no. Right. Am I upset with you know um, her friends who decided not to get it? No, because I think that it is a a definite question now, right. uh, risk benefit analysis. Now I may get in trouble with the AMA. I may get in trouble with the medical board. I definitely think the vaccine is safe. If I were sixteen, right, I would get the vaccine. Yeah, because I I don't see that I'm afraid of personally of the risk of myocarditis. But there's so much negativity in Facebook and in the social media about the vaccine. For example, DMX, he's the rapper, right? Yeah, yeah. He gets the, I think it was either Pfizer or Moderna, and two days later he drops dead of a heart attack. That is not associated with the vaccine. His death was a natural death. Yeah. And so one thing on Tucker I really was upset about, he, he was talking about why doesn't the government told us that 30 people who get the vaccine die every day. Well, you know what? 75 people should have died based on the number of people who die in this country every day. So we were doing 3 million vaccines a day. That's one one hundredth of the population. Yeah. 7,500 people, 7,500 people die every day. So we should have seen 75 deaths in, by average on people who received the vaccine. We only saw 30. Does that mean the vaccine's protective? I don't think so. But the vaccine in older individuals is safe and effective and definitely worth it. Whether you should get your four-year-old, whether you should get your 10-year-old vaccinated, I would recommend it. But it's a personal decision because we don't know yet right. whether the risk of the vaccine in younger people is greater than the risk of COVID in them. In society at large, the more people we get vaccinated, it seems the better we are. Well, have you seen the statistics? Yeah, they've dropped off. They're dropping down, and they continue to drop down, despite the naysayers saying 
you know, oh, we still have to wear a mask, we, even if you're vaccinated, because you could still pass it on. Right. One of the things that you hear is the percentage of people who've been vaccinated in the country, right? Right. And they want to see 70, 80%. Yeah. Do you know what they're ignoring? What? The people who are naturally immune. So, right, right. I mean, the, the people who've already gotten already had COVID. It. Yeah, yeah. And so, what? I, there's no study that shows that if you've had COVID and you get the vaccine, you're at less risk of getting COVID again. Secondary COVID, we call breakthrough COVID, is extremely rare. Right. If you've had COVID and you survived, you're naturally immune, and that's been shown. So, if you look at the naturally immune ver- and combined with the immune people from the vaccine, who've gotten the vaccine, yes. we're at 85 to almost 90% of the population. So I'm very optimistic. Now, I've been wrong about COVID, and I will admit in the beginning, I totally underestimated it because I didn't have all the facts. Mm-hmm. Number one fact was that it was transmissible by asymptomatic people. I'm not going to say for sure that we're out of the woods, but even with this Indian Delta variant, yeah, have you seen the numbers in India? Yes, they're, they're way down. Yeah, oh, are they? Even in okay. the, with the fact that they don't have a high rate of vaccination. Okay, and if you get the vaccine and you get this Indian variant, mm-hmm. it's a mild disease. It's a mild illness. It's almost like a bad cold. Right. Very few people okay. who've had the vaccine who get the Delta have gone on to hospitalization and death. On today's show, we're going to take some breaks from COVID. We've got some weird stories. Oh, great weird stories. Stress can make your hair gray. It's true. <laughs> Which is They have now proved it. Okay. When, now, you now know, this it, raises the question, is my hair gray because of my children? Yeah, you can blame them. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know. I've always it, done that. You know, what I really love sometimes is what? when... Urban legends yeah. and old wives' tales yeah. are proven true. Like, like you know, uh, <laughs> can you die of a heart attack from shock? Can you die of a broken heart? Can Everybody you? say, no, nah, it's cholesterol. It's a cl-. No, you can. And we'll talk about some of these other urban legends right. that are actually true. Mosquitoes, do they r- r- cause a, is there a risk of disease in North Carolina? Absolutely. Because of mosquitoes. Get rid and, of them mosquitoes. And a story that says don't eat cicadas if you are allergic to seafood, raising the question, who eats cicadas? You don't know. They have become a delicacy. Chocolate-covered cicadas. That's not... We're not... No. I'm I've not got, doing I've that. I've got a jar of them right here. I'm not doing it. Come on. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Call us with your medical questions on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com or just keep listening to the radio station. That's a great thing. Who are we shaming this time? You know, the American Medical Association for years and years and years <laughs> was hated by the left yeah. as a conservative organization. Okay. They came out against Medicare. So in 1964-65, yeah. when they wanted to give um, health insurance to elderly above 65 years old, the AMA came out against it because they said it was socialized medicine. Yeah. They wanted you know, you to de- reach into your pocket and pay. Yeah. It has become exactly the opposite. 
It is now a far left-wing organization. Now, my sisters are far left-wing, and I love them. So yeah. I'm not saying that far left-wing people are horrible, but it's no. just amazing what's happened to the AMA. They are now in favor of taking out that box out of birth certificate that says male or female. You're just going to – it's going to be it. Figure it out later. Uh, no, they don't even want you to figure it out ever. There is a movement yes. to say you're going to have a baby, okay, yeah. and yeah. it's going to be a them baby, a baby yeah. them, yeah, a baby they, sure, instead of a boy or a girl. And then you're going to let them grow up unisex. And if they, you know, they're three and they reach for a Tonka truck, you're going to say no, no, you're too young, yeah, you know. And you put a doll and a Tonka truck in front of them. They're, they're not allowed to choose. They've got to take both. And then when they're four to eight years old, yeah. you say, what do you want to be? An XX or an XY? Yeah. yeah. That's and, not... You know, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Now, I'm of the knowledge that sexual development, it's very complicated. Uh-huh. For one-tenth or one-one-hundredth percent of the population. For everybody else, you're either a male or a female. There are some psychological changes, and I'm not saying it's a disease, where biological males identify as female. That's fine. There are diseases where you're missing a testosterone receptor, Mm -hmm. and you have an XY chromosomal alignment and lots of testosterone, but you develop as a female. So yes, there are biological conditions that render sex identification um, unusual, and I don't mean negatively unusual, just yeah. different. But come on, boy or girl on the death cer- on the death certificate on, on the birth certificate. Birth certificate. And it's craziness. It's craziness. And the kid's naked already. I mean, you're yeah. born naked. You're right there. Yeah. You should be able to tell. Let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. What percentage of people in this country are LBGTQ or QT? Very Q-T-Q. small. Okay. If you ask the Gen Z popu- Gen Zs and you take a poll, you know what they say? What? 35%. Yeah. It's less than 1%. Now, we want everybody in this country to breathe easy and be who they are. Yeah. But let's yep. get real. You're yeah. born a male or a female. I've got Linda and Carrie. Linda, hello. How are you? I'm fine. And you do. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Well, before you take a break from the COVID things, I do have a question yes. about the vaccine. Sure. Um, I have been thinking about the people who are afraid, still afraid to take the shot. And I think it, it comes down, uh, unfortunately, my sister is one of them. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I think, I've been thinking about it, and I think that um, they keep referring to it as the... Um, experimental vaccine. And that is what I think is probably scaring people. If they could just take that phrase off, experimental, it would maybe it maybe would work in, in our favor. Maybe they would people wouldn't be quite as afraid. I think you're absolutely right. The the I get that a lot. Um, experimental vaccine. And it's not experimental. They say, well, then it's emergency approval only. And I blame the FDA for this because they should just give it total authority and approval. I agree with you 100%. Um, 
There's interesting. Stick with us because in about five minutes we're mm-hmm. going to talk about another reason that has come up um, that we're just sort of thinking about in terms of why people don't want to get it. Um, I think the number one reason, um, besides it being a quote unquote experimental vaccine that's achieved only emergency approval, is that there's been so much negativity on the internet. And remember. Who gave the biggest negativity? And people forget this. Back in the election, mm-hmm. some prominent Democratic people running for office said they, they would not get a vaccine that was developed by the Trump administration. Right. Well, guess right. what? All of them were. Every single one were developed in response to the program. What was it called? Uh, Operation Warp Speed. Warp Speed. And, you know, so there was negativity from the left uh, wing and negativity from the right wing because mm-hmm. a lot of these anti-vaxxers are right wing. Um, and I think it's just a shame because I think that there are risks to the vaccines. There have always been risks for every vaccine. But the risk of the vaccine, at least for adults, is far less than the risk of COVID. And I, I congratulate you on picking up that, that uh, concept yeah. because it's, I think you're absolutely right. Let's get the FDA to approve this formally. Right. Would there be, what would be the consequences if they just dropped that phrase? Well, apparently the law states that in order for something to be approved, the FDA has to go through certain steps. Now, this is why Fauci in the beginning, if you remember, he said we won't have a vaccine for years. Right. Because the FDA has to do this and do that. Well, Mm -hmm. Warp Speed said no. Okay. You get a certain amount of data, and we're going to get an emergency authorization. Well, they should also change the rules and speed up the process of getting a formal approval. Right, right. I, I agree with I you. I agree. Well, you're I'm you're a smart in. lady. I'm going to jump in and say that if somebody sped up the approval process, people would say, well, you know, they only approved it because they sped up the approval okay. process. Yeah, Linda, you cannot yeah. convince some people of things that they've already right, let, decided let me, about. Let, let me talk about speeding up a process, yeah. okay? Um, build a house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it normally takes, you know, six days to do the framing. Why? Because right. it's a union framing company, and they oh, yeah. got to put up two things and then sit and have a cup of coffee. They put up the framing in my house in a day. In a day. And that's the whole point. And it uh, didn't fall down. All right. Linda, thank you very much for the phone call. We've got Charles in Raleigh waiting, and we're going to talk to Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News next. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network, where you get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and enjoy some pleasant conversation, yeah. too. We're usually pleasant. More or less, yeah. yes. We yeah. always uh, Have I ever chewed you out on air? I don't no, think I have. Not on air. I've no. told you to shut up, and I told you <laughs> when you were hounding me to get to the point, I said, I'm getting there, but I've never never been mean. I think, I think that's the other way around. In terms of not getting to the point... I think you are the guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like to be obloviate. You know? <laughs> All right. Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News, who always gets to the point. Hi. Hey, fellas. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing, How are Rose? You? Good. 
Rose, we're I'm coming to you today from Northern Orange County, where I'm picking blueberries. Wow, that's great. And you want to know something? We have talked on this show about how good blueberries are for, are for you. They are the best. Flavonoids you. and, mm-hmm. you know, the fiber content. In fact, mm-hmm. the no-no diet that we talk about in terms of sugar and flour, etc., it says berries are good. So mm-hmm. grapes have a lot of sugar, but the, if it says berry, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty good for you. All right, Rose, there is a fascinating article on NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org, your website, about about the fact that over half the people who've decided not to get the vaccine for COVID may, in fact, be just fearful of needles. Needle-averse is the term of art, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny. I think about... Uh, we, my pediatrician, when I was a little girl, he was a family friend, and he used to chase me around the office with like a ginormous syringe with a uh, spinal needle on it. And oh, my gosh. Know, a spinal needle is like three, four inches long. And, you know, he and my mother thought that was hilarious. Um, it's amazing <laughs> that I'm not needle averse, but uh, I have, I've experienced, I don't know about you, Dr. Weefault, but I know I've experienced it. In my own practice, you have these people who are like, oh, I hate needles. Like, oh, you know, and like, yeah. And yeah. So that, that apparently that this is this is an issue for some folks. I think a lot more folks than we understand. I and I sort of, you know, um, forgot about this uh, because right. I think it's a really important thing. And, you know, um, there's a nasal flu vaccine, um, flu zone. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is I tried it. It really hurts in your nose really? more oh. than just getting a needle. But think about it. I mean, isn't the direct mechanism of infection in COVID is through the nose? Yeah. yeah. So why don't they just, why didn't they make a nasal inhalation vaccine? You know, now. That's a really great question. I yeah. don't know. I, and, you know, let me, there are ways. To, to get people to calm down about needles. Yeah. When, you know when shots really hurt? They hurt when you're tense. When your muscles are tense okay. and the needle goes, because this is called an intramuscular injection. That gets it deep mm-hmm. into the body. When the muscles mm-hmm. are tense, it hurts. So you know what I do? I give testosterone injections all the time because of my old guys who want to feel young, and I think it's great. You take their arm yeah. and you put it in their lap and you talk to them while you're shaking. <laughs> That, I'm serious, shaking yeah, okay. the triceps. And it gets mm-hmm. it really, and then while you're shaking it, you jab the needle in. And mm-hmm. none of them hurt. Now, mm-hmm. this is very, I've got guys, because uh, I'm near Seymour Johnson and I'm near Vietnam, who are military veterans. I had one guy who'd been shot in Iraq. Yes. And I whipped out a needle to take his blood. He went into a panic, a cold sweat. He agreed to let me do it when I got the needle into his skin, he passed out. So there are these phobias that are very real. And it doesn't yeah. mean you're a bad person. It could have yeah. been, you know, I, I remember when I got a tetanus shot once. Yeah. And my whole arm swelled up. And I was uh-huh. deathly afraid of needles until I got into med school. All right. Know? From the non-medical part of the program, this is Dave Alexander asking a silly question because I'm a diabetic. And there was a time when I would take traditional diabe- uh, traditional insulin from a vial. Yeah. And I would have mm-hmm. to run it into a, a, a syringe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the needle was still very small. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really thin and very small. Didn't hurt at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I now take insulin 
from a pen, a pen. which has mm-hmm. a really tiny thing. What is it about a vaccine that we have to have a bigger needle? It's called intramuscular, okay? So you're Mm -hmm. taking subcutaneous injection. That means it's just under the skin. Right. And Mm -hmm. you've got a very substantial level of fat there. So it's just put into the fat layer. Oh, man. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) And it's absorbed. But to get something into the body uh-huh. and to really get an immune response from it, it's got to go in the muscle. So IM or intramuscular right. versus sub-Q or subcutaneous. It should be SC, it's, but it's sub-Q. There's usually, there's usually also an issue around like how large is the molecule and how it gets absorbed into your body too. That's right. I don't know that about COVID. Like, you know, it, I mean, obviously they, they say that it's a mRNA nanoparticle, you know, but how, how large is that? You know, and there are some, like, for example, when you're drawing blood, you need a large needle because if you use too small a needle, you can actually damage those uh, blood cells, the right. blood cells. A spurious so, potassium level because mm-hmm. the red blood cells have burst and they put too much potassium into the, into the um, um, machine that measures it. So you're absolutely right. So we thought of a way, but it's not going to work. We need to get some way to get this thing into people that doesn't scare them. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Um, there are now oral agents for diabetes, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. used to be. In fact, you take one of you take Ozempic. Yes. Yeah. So that's a biological compound. Right. It's mm-hmm. a protein, and it has to. Well, before it had to be injected uh, subcutaneously. Right. Well, um, Nova Nordisk has made an oral version. And oh, interesting. Yeah, and and what you do is you take the pill on an empty stomach. And you take just a little bit of water, and it's formulated to cross that stomach barrier mm-hmm. without being broken down. See, that's mm-hmm. the problem with a protein, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Meat, uh-huh. you eat it, and it gets de- degraded. So ribelsus, R-Y-B-E-L-S-U-S, and I don't know if it's an oral form of an injected compound, and it's, it works. It's approved. Okay. And if you look in Clayton, $5 billion plant oh, has yeah. been built. Yeah. To produce ribelsis. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, that was a great article on your website. And you want to know something? What's that? It what? came up on my news feed. Oh, yeah. Oh. So you're getting uh, now uh, fed on the news feeds. Mine is called Flipboard. And oh, okay. it just found it, thought it was interesting, and put it on my news feed. So it was fantastic. Oh, great to know. Yeah. I think it's Flipboard. interesting, too. Thank you, Rose. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you next week. Great. North Carolina News dot org. Thank you, Rose. This is Heart Health Radio, and we tease this. Don't eat cicadas if you are allergic to seafood. Doctor. Yeah. People eat cicadas listen i just got online here i'm going to show you guys this chocolate covered cicadas Uh, are available yes uh online um where where did i get this here yeah here we go uh if you want it you can get uh chocolate covered cicadas from choquette c-h-o-u-q-u-e-t-t-e yes now honestly yeah it's gross yes but when you talk about nutrition 
Yeah, huh. it's really nutritious. Really? Oh my oh. gosh, yes. Yes. Um, because it's protein. Okay, so and also the 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 outside is called chitin, C H I T I N. That's fiber. Uh huh. And so they're really good for you. Oh, but sure. you know, a lobster is not so far away genealogically <laughs> from a cicada. So, so cicadas with butter. Uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, but don't eat a cicada sandwich with white bread. No, no. If you're gonna have a cicada, if oh, you're gonna sure. have a cicada yeah. sandwich, eat the cicada. Yeah. Throw away the bread. It's like what I say about. Oh yeah. It's uh, a sausage biscuit. Yeah. They, they say, Doc, can I have a sausage biscuit? I say, Sure. Get your sausage biscuit. Throw away the biscuit and eat the sausage. You know. Okay. There was something a few weeks ago that we were going to talk about on the show. Didn't have time. Oh, well, what for. was that? The EU. The European Union has approved for human consumption mealworms. Yeah. Little Same tiny thing. worms. Same thing. Very nutritious. Very nutritious. Bugs are nutritious. Why do you think that frogs are so healthy? I you didn't know? know that frogs were so healthy. They're, they live a long time and they don't get diseases. Have you ever seen have you ever seen a frog in the ICU? No, never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. But here's the thing. There, there is a point where you you just say, "Wait a minute, let's take a step back." Isn't there an animal that would eat mealworms that we could then eat later? Well, but that that the skips answer. the direct connection. No, now, let me tell you, mealworms are really high in protein, and I right. can imagine that yeah. if you got some dried mealworms and and made them into a powder sure yeah yeah. that it might be i mean you could call it something else you could call it um (laughs) max pro max protein right right but just don't tell them where it came from you know or would you have to we could sell it would that be unethical no 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 to say pure protein powder ethics is highly rated highly overrated yeah um here's the thing we could powder some stuff like that and sell it on the show no. Because then we would make some decent money off the no. program. I, I don't believe in, in hucksterism. Really? Okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, anybody want to buy a chocolate-covered cicada? Yeah, you're on Go your online own. yourself. Yeah, no, don't no, call. No, no. Don't call. not us. All right. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on a Saturday, regardless of when it is that you're hearing this radio program noon and two on Saturday is when we produce this in the Raleigh area. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Mosquitoes. Do we run a risk in North Carolina from a mosquito bite or from many mosquito bites? Yeah, I think that mosquitoes um, are really. Uh, you talk about pests. Yeah. Um, they are. Really bad. Um, you know, if you want to look at mosquito-borne illnesses, dengue fever. Yeah. Uh, your horses can get Western and Eastern equine encephalitis. Right. Malaria. Um, St. Louis encephalitis. And my future son-in-law, Andrew Broderick, is Brodnick is from St. Louis. And so yeah. I'm going to tell him. And then West Nile. I mean, these are things you've all heard about. And the mosquitoes breed in standing water. Okay, so right. if you want to be safer, and again, these are relatively rare illnesses, but they happen. 
You want to be safer. Have no standing water in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Zero. Keep your backyard dry. Don't have ponds in your backyard because they're going to breed. Um, the other thing is you can get rid of mosquitoes. Um, there is There are companies right. that will come in and rid you of mosquitoes. And if you're afraid of pesticides, they can do it naturally. Right. But mosquitoes are attracted to us by carbon dioxide. So there are many propane-powered uh, devices that produce a, a stream of carbon dioxide up into the air. Yeah. It attracts the mosquitoes, and then they fall into a trap and are burned to death or dry out to death. I r- highly recommend those. Uh, not because mis- just because mosquitoes are pests. I mean, they bite you, and you get swollen, and you have to swat them away. But because they can, honestly, um, cause illness uh, right. through the transmission of these viruses. Our flagship station, WPTF, is giving away a mosquito-free summer. You can go to WPTF.com for more information. Keith and Christy Brown have been on our other radio show on Saturday afternoon, which is uh, Making Your Home Great. And that program, we've had them on the air to talk about Mosquito Shield and Mosquito Shield of Wake County and WPTF giving away a mosquito-free summer. This is not just one application, but several over the summer. Sure. And all you have to do is go to WPTF.com and sign up. I'm signing up right now on my computer. I am doing it right now. I'm not sure you can win. I think that would be unethical. Well, come on. Again. I'll tell you what. If I win, I'm going to give it away. That's a great idea. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. No. Because uh, the whole idea of getting rid of mosquitoes is fine. They have natural configurations. In mm-hmm. other words, they're not they're not spraying DDT on your lawn. The primary component of what they spray is garlic. Come on. Yes, garlic. Wait, 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 wait. I thought it, garlic you hung it around your neck for vampires. It doesn't it doesn't smell for very long, about an hour, maybe two. I like the smell of garlic. You do, okay. Yeah. Right. So what you can do. Yeah. Okay. You get this treatment. Yeah. And then instead of having, you know, steaks <laughs> on the grill, okay. Right. You bring out your spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah. And then you eat spaghetti outside, you smell the garlic. You Sounds don't have good. to put garlic in the spaghetti because you're smelling it. We'll talk to Sandra and Betty next on Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my hands up and This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Dr. Weefold, we're shouting out Belinda O'Neill. Yeah, Belinda's a frequent flyer, frequent caller on the show, and, yeah. and Belinda's given me permission to talk. She's had... Um, multiple procedures on her heart and had been doing very well for a long time. She's mm-hmm. got some orthopedic problems. Well, she was having some chest discomfort. It wasn't severe. So we did a stress test. It was very mildly positive. And so mm-hmm. we treated her first with medications, which is the recommended and I believe the way to go. And her symptoms resolved and she did very well. So I was going to bring her back in two weeks. And yeah. make sure. Now, she's on three different blood thinners. Okay, so she's... Really? Yes, because she had atrial fibrillation, plus she's had stents. So you're at a risk for bleeding if you're on aspirin and Plavix and Eliquis. Yeah. But you need them all. In certain individuals, they need them all. Well, she was supposed to come see me. 
Right. And what did she do? I don't know. She rescheduled. Oh. And she was having chest discomfort, but guess what she did? What? She went to a wrestling match. <laughs> Not it's, wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> because her, I think it was a relative who was going to be wrestling. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. the next day she winds up in the hospital uh, with a heart attack. Um, the artery in question that we had found on the stress test, which we were treating medically, mm-hmm. clotted off. Now, how do you clot? When you're on three different blood thinners. And the answer is you can. Because there are so many different pathways to clotting. Um, The one thing we haven't covered is something called homocysteine. And if you have a high homocysteine level, that's an amino acid. If it circulates in your bloodstream, it promotes clot. Uh Easy thing to treat it with, folic acid. So we added folic acid. We're going to see what happened. But they took great care of her. A guy named Matt Hook. He was my yeah. former partner. Yeah. Who, uh, she went in the ER, and they jumped on her, brought her into the cath lab. <laughs> they didn't jump on well, her. Well, yeah, they did. They literally did. They literally they, they grabbed her by the attention. legs, and they wheeled her in All right. and opened up the artery. So yeah. kudos, not only to Belinda for being a wonderful human being and a, a great example of how heart patients can have trouble and just keep on going, take yeah. a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah. But also Matt Wolf, I mean, Matt Hook, he did a great job. I have a friend named Matt Wolf. Yeah, um, I wish, you know, you know. Uh, the, here's the thing. I wish we could talk to Belinda today. She's listening. Belinda, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm on. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling, Belinda? My yeah. chest feels like, well, I guess you could say everybody says a Big Mac truck sitting on it. Yeah. Well, it got off of it and it left it bruised. Uh oh. <laughs> you have uh, you have that indentation of the uh, of yeah, the what's it, it the the bulldog on the front of a Mac truck. Oh my. You gosh. know when it hits you, it yeah. left a it left a mark. But you're going to be okay. Yeah. We just listen. If there's a wrestling match again, yes, and you're having chest discomfort, yep, just come see us. Well, it was my nephew, and he was from Wilmington, and this was his first year in wrestling. Well, yeah, then they had to wrestle your oh, heart. No, wait a minute, <laughs> Belinda. Right. When if he... I had a died, you could have said Belinda died happy. Oh my no. gosh! No, 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 no. <laughs> Belinda. The one thing I want to say is that when. Dr. Weefault said you were going to a wrestling match. I thought of professional wrestling. No, this it, it was a real wrestling. Yeah, okay. it was. Um, what it was was my nephew lives in Wilmington. Yeah. He was the first year, and he's a, he was a junior this year going into his senior year. Yeah. And it was his first year wrestling, and he made the regionals. Right. And they just happened to have the 4A or whatever, and it was in Nightdale at Nightdale High School. Wow. So and this was where they had, the, they had the helmets on and the tights on, and they had a referee. No. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, you know, Bubba versus the Mass Marvel. Okay. It wasn't, yeah. Nobody had a cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Belinda, I've got to run, because we've got a couple of people who've been waiting, but I'm so glad you're doing better. And I am so thankful to have such a good cardiologist and, uh, and Dr. Weefow and Dr. And also, I've got to give a big shout out to Johnston Medical this time. Yeah. They were terrific. They did terrific. a great job. They All right, really Belinda. Did. Thank you. All right. Love you, Dr. Weefow. Oh, we love you too. All right. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Sandra in Durham, I'm so glad you waited. How can we help you? Well, I know Dr. Weefow is always talking about perplexing things that he's not quite 
sure how to solve. So I yes. have a mystery for him. Yes. In January of 2020, my B12 level was 190, which is within normal limits. And then I was also diagnosed with malignant melanoma that had metastasized in lymph nodes. And I went on keytruda treatments. And in January of 2021, my B12 level, not taking any supplements, was over 4,000, which is not in normal limits. And now it's over 5,000. Can you tell me what's going on? Is it because of Keytruda? I'm no longer on treatment because I don't show evidence of disease now, thank goodness. So, any ideas? Well, I really don't. I've never heard of that before. Um, What have they done to investigate it? What's your doctor worried about? Well, they're not... They wonder if maybe my liver is not breaking down the B12, and they've got me scheduled to see a liver specialist. But I was just curious. I mean, I'm not having pain or anything. It's not like I'm, you know, uncomfortable or whatever. And the PET scan that I had a couple weeks ago still shows no evidence of disease from the cancer or um, any other things going on. But I was curious if you had a clue. Well, um, the things that come to my mind are what you mentioned, liver disease. Um, sometimes if your kidneys are bad, um, the, the kidneys excrete uh, the B12. Um, there is a uh, genetic defect, uh, the transcobalamin, which is a protein. But if it was low before, you shouldn't have developed suddenly transcobalamin. Um, leukemia, multiple myeloma, um, sometimes rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Let me ask you something. Do you have a, do you have a pretty straightforward diet or do you eat like all sorts of meat? Like constantly, that's the only other thing I can think of. But the only meat we eat is is chicken. Um, I don't eat any red meat. Very rarely do I eat red meat. Yeah, it just doesn't. I don't. Um, I mean, it just doesn't set well with me. Um, like I said, the keytruda caused me to develop a temporary uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, they were never able to determine it was because of the Keytruda, which it is a side effect of Keytruda, mm-hmm. because once I went off of the treatments in January, I've had no problems with my joints. Um, before so, I had a rheumatologist yeah. who said, well, I don't know for sure if it's because of the Keytruda. It could be, but it could also be just your age, because I'm 67. So, um, But since then, I've been able, you know, it's, it's basically no pain at all. So, um, But it only, it kicked in when I started the treatment. Yeah. But fortunately, yeah. I only had to have 14 treatments, and it was able to get rid of the metastases. Does That's Sandra, fantastic. Does Sandra face health issues because of extraordinarily high B12? Uh that's one of the situations where I don't know. I mean, okay. I give B12 supplementation all the time, and sometimes the levels get up to 1,500. Um, I don't know. Uh, I you are you are a per- perplexing patient but they've definitely ruled out you don't have an associated uh blood cancer or anything like that my blood work has been perfect in fact that's what's been so frustrating for me is because i felt fine um all through treatment the only thing what triggered me even seeing the doctors i thought i was having an appendix attack and what it was was the lymph glands in the area of my appendix um were what had metastasized Uh Sandra, I want you to continue listening to this radio program today and forever, and he's going to investigate, and we're going to figure it out. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that, you know, is like, when I don't know, I don't know. So I'm going to look into this. This is Heart Health Radio.
Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And on Heart Health Radio during this hour, we're going to talk about the Delta variant, which is... It's really the Indian variant, right? Yeah. It's the uh, the Indian variant of COVID. We're also going to talk about lots of other things that are non-COVID related, including a hay fever hack to help clear your nose without medicine. Stress can make your hair gray. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about this hack. Yeah. Okay. So I have hay fever. And I use two medications. One is Astolin, which is a topical antihistamine. So it's like uh, a spray Benadryl. Sure. Because Benadryl makes me sleepy. Okay. And even the non-sleepy ones, supposedly Claritin, they make me sleepy. Right. And then Flonase, which is a topical steroid. That works pretty well. Okay. The other thing that I do is I wash out the... um, things in my nose that get stuck in there that I'm allergic to with a neti pot. And that's a saline spray, or sometimes it's a it's a looks like a little tea kettle. Yeah. And you mix it up. Yeah. I make mine about 100 degrees, and then I pour it in one nostril, and it comes out the other. And yes. It washes everything out. Thank you. Make you make machines that do that. Thank you for the visual. It's really good. Well, yeah. I, nobody can see except for you. I'm just saying. I had my hands out, and I was pretending to pour it in my nose. Well, suppose you're stuffed up. Yeah. Now, I didn't believe this. But it's true. And what the hack does is it changes your sinus configuration. It moves the bones and the things inside your just a little bit. Yeah. And it makes the stuff drain down. So what do you do? You take your tongue and push it against the top of your uh, mouth okay. as hard as you can. Okay. Then take your thumb and put it between your eyes. Yes. Not you know, not in your eyeball, because that'll hurt. No, no, no. And simultaneously apply pressure. Even that small amount of mm-hmm. reconfiguring the bones in your sinuses, if you do it for about 20 seconds, yeah. you'll notice some improvement. I did. Now, it's not dangerous. Don't get, don't get a clamp, you know, and put it there. Right, 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 right. Just uh, the pressure that you can do on your own. And that may afford you. I'm already feeling better. I Are just you? did it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody can, in can the station that? did that. Yeah. And it works. Uh, yes. It's not a substitute for what your doctor may tell you to do to keep your sinuses clear. But, you know, if you're feeling kind of down because you can't breathe through your nose, do that. And you can do it, you know, like every every five minutes or so to help clear out your nose. And it works. The thing that I find helpful about this is that when I take my uh, CPAP machine and put it on, if I've got any stuffiness, 
it defeats the CPAP. Yeah. I have a CPAP that blows air into my nose. Well, if it doesn't go in. Yeah, and you know, that's in, one of the things that I have noticed is that when I suspect somebody has sleep apnea, yeah. I first try to clear out their sinuses because it's, it's North Carolina, one of the big hotbeds mm-hmm. for chronic nasal congestion. And so, you know, t- pay attention to your sinuses. If you're constantly with a snotty nose, that's what a daughter we followed. I've just had a snotty nose my whole <laughs> life. And they're not snotty nose kids. They just have chronic sinus congestion. Allergies are real big here. Yeah. So, you know, get your sinuses cleared up and that actually may prevent you from going to the sleep lab in a lot of in a lot of cases stress actually can make my hair gray yeah it was an old wives tale and it's no longer an old wives tale i mean am i gonna get in trouble for calling it old wives am i gonna be canceled i i don't know you're okay let's call it an urban legend you're gonna get that might be canceled because i'm against urban people you're gonna get complaints from older wives i guess who don't like that you know i I had a complaint i had a complaint on the apple podcast page that i'm condescending to women do I seem condescending to women? I don't think so. Yeah. They said only that I considered everybody a damsel in distress. No, I don't know. If, if, if somebody feels that I have been condescending to them and they are of the female uh-huh. uh, persuasion, yeah. um, I would like them to call because I would apologize. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to be nice. I mean, if that's condescending. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about whether my hair yeah. can turn gray. And what happens now when you are under stress, there's two major stress hormones, cortisol uh-huh. and epinephrine. Yeah. And they're both produced by the adrenal gland as part of the fight or flight phenomenon. So you yes. see a tiger. I don't think you want to fight the tiger. So you're going to flight. And yeah. the flight requires energy and yeah. an acute burst in your bloodstream of epinephrine and cortisol gives your muscles energy excites your brain Uh and lets you run as fast as you can right well apparently the follicles now hair is grown in the scalp by follicles and they produce a keratin which is the same substance that is the tough part of the skin but it's really concentrated Mm -hmm. well the problem is if you're stressed out the part of the follicle that creates the pigment no longer works well. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the good news. Mm. Once the stress level is gone, most follicles can recover and start producing colored hair. Okay. But it is true. Stress can make your hair gray. Now, all those stories about overnight their hair turned white, right. that's not true. Because once the pigment is in the hair, mm-hmm. it doesn't change color. It only changes color at the root where the follicle is. Okay. Can I blame my hair on my children? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. All right. So the Delta variant. Talk to me about the Delta variant. Okay, so in, in uh, the... Coronavirus is like any other virus. It replicates so many times, billions and billions of times, that there's bound to be an error Uh in producing the genetic material. It's supposed to be identical to before, but you get a little mix-up. And in India, uh, they develop what they now call the Indian or Delta variant, and it is more highly contagious. Right. And if you remember a couple months ago, if you look on the graphs, there's this huge spike. Right. And and people were dying and they were burning them by the Ganges and it was really sad. It was a horrible thing. It's going away. 
Right. Now, the reason why it's going away is because of a little better social distancing, mm-hmm. but also they hit the vaccine. Now, the vaccine is not designed against the Delta variant, but there's enough cross-reactivity between the original variant, which is what the vaccine was made of, that spike protein was identical to the original spike protein. Right. You can get it. You can get about 50% protection only against the Delta variant by Moderna or Pfizer. Right. But when you do get it, it's usually a mild illness. So the chance that you're going to be in the hospital, if you've been vaccinated and get the Delta variant, is 0.01%. So... I don't want people to be afraid of the Delta variant. And even though we've got all these new variants in the United States, we're still going down. There's a weird sort of thing where uh, numbers don't work for some people. Mm -hmm. It didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. When I see the headline that in these certain places where the Delta variant is common, 50% of the new infections are with vaccinated people. Right, and that's expected. That does not mean that half the people who got vaccinated are getting sick. Right, okay, so this is what I was talking about before. Um, The percentage of efficacy Mm -hmm. is figured out this way. So you take 100 people who've got the Delta variant. Yeah. 50% of them will have not had the vaccine versus 50% who will. So... It's still a very low number. Um, right. One in a hundred people who get the vaccine will get the Delta variant when it comes through. Right. And that's a lot higher than it is for the regular variant. But the key thing to remember is it is much less severe. The vaccine is not only great for preventing you from getting the regular variant, it is good to prevent the getting the delta variant and if you do get it it'll be on the on the most for the most part yeah a very mild illness two more minutes of covid talk between you and i and then we're going to move on to something else charles called earlier and he wants to know if an individual has been given the vaccine and they don't have any side effects like clotting Mm mm-hmm when can they figure they're out of the woods? I think within a couple of weeks, um, maybe three or four weeks at max. Yeah. Because the effects of a vaccine are pretty dramatic in the beginning. Because what happened? There's a foreign protein. Right. And you've got to raise an immune response to it. The reason why people got clots now we know from AstraZeneca and J&J. It was an adenovirus that was killed that carried the genetic material for the coronavirus or COVID-19, and that adenovirus was able to activate the clotting system in a one in a million people. And it all occurred within the first two or three weeks. So if you've had the J&J and you have not clotted, yeah. I don't think you're going to clot okay. at all. Telephone number at 919-860-9783. You can call pretty much about anything. Uh, but if you call about COVID, of course, it, it, we're happy to have that. But if you've got a question that doesn't have to do with COVID, that's totally good, too. We're going to talk in this hour about statins and dementia. And we're going to have fun because the doctor pronounces well, you know it what? totally different. I can't remember what we're going to talk about. Statins and dementia? 
I don't remember. You can't remember? I can't all right. remember. Well, all right. We're going to talk about something called restless leg syndrome, which my wife refers to as restless Dave syndrome, yeah. because when I get it, there's no sleeping. Well, you know, you know what else they call it in Johnson County? What's that? The budgies. Really? The budgies. Yeah, I've got the budgies. I got the budgies. Yeah, the budgies. All right, that's coming up on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, AM 680, FM 98.5. I did that in the wrong order, which is why I goofed it up. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Betty, we're glad you called. Do you have somebody to shame, Dr. Weefald? Just real quick. Yeah. Okay, smokers. Oh, All right. my. And I don't mean to do it in a bad way. No, but You no. know, I just read an article. What's that? The number one way to quit smoking. What's that? Have a heart attack. Oh, yes. They just did a study. Yeah. And the most successful thing that got people to quit smoking yes. was having a heart attack. My mom used to smoke three packs a day. How can you even do that? I don't know. But here's the thing. She quit when her health deteriorated so badly that she had to go on oxygen. Yeah. Now, the irony of the fact that she smoked for so many years, and then on the door of her house, she had a sign saying, no smoking. No smoking well, that's a good idea. Oxygen in use. Well, I saw somebody who yeah. smoked surreptitiously at one of the hospital rooms, yeah. and she had pomade in her hair, you know, the greasy stuff. Oh, no. And the nasal cannula put it right into you know, the, the ashes and stuff. Into yeah. her. She caught on fire. Oh, my it was gosh. Awful. It was awful. Oh so do gosh. not smoke if you're using oxygen for sure. All right. Betty, I'm so glad you held on and you called back. Hi, Betty. Hello. Hey. What can we do for you? Um, excuse me. I was calling. I have two questions if you have time. We do. Um, number one, I'm calling about the um, uh, virus, the coronavirus shot. Yes. I took the Moderna. Good for you. In Good February, you. my first shot. And well, you got it early. Ill yeah. effect. In March, I took the second one. For two weeks, I didn't feel anything. And then something happened. It felt like a nerve center in my left shoulder. And from there, it felt like electricity going down my left arm all the way to my fingertip. Okay. Yes. You know what that was? No, and I would like to. They hit a nerve. You heard that? You hit a nerve, doctor. And they didn't actually do anything wrong. Everybody's nerve is in a different, well, not a completely different place. But they either put it in close to the nerve so that when your immune system inflamed that area, it sort of inflamed your nerve. Now, the good news is it probably went away, right? Um. Mostly. Yeah. Once in a while, I will feel it, especially if I put pressure on that hand yeah and so what sometimes it takes six months for a nerve to completely heal itself so okay, i would say that I'm, I'm sorry excuse me as long as i know there are no lingering ill effects i'll be okay no lingering ill effects betty i think the doctor is telling you this is going to resolve itself yeah. and this happens with any shot okay one okay. of the things one of the things you have to do when you 
and just in case you don't know what we do, we put the needle in when your muscles relax, and then we pull back. Okay. Pull back. You know what we pull back on the syringe? Uh. To make sure we're not in the blood vessel. Okay. Okay. And then we inject slowly. Now, sometimes you can tell you've hit a nerve. Why is that? When you put the needle in, there's that electric shock going down your arm. Yeah. So, you know, it'll, it can happen. Uh, I think you're going to recover completely. And just, you know, every time you feel that discomfort, just sort of say it's going to go away eventually. You have something else, Betty, that you want to talk okay. to us about. Thank you very much. And do you have time for an unrelated yes. question? Yes. Um, well, years ago... Not knowing that caffeine would temporarily run your heart rate up, I mean, your um, blood pressure up. I was drinking two cups of coffee and going straight to the doctor's office, and uh, she fussed at me until I finally let her put me on a blood pressure medicine, which I'm on five milligrams of amlodipine. Yeah. Since, since that time, I don't know if it's related or not, but since that time, I have developed um, an ir- well, I'll call it the regular heartbeat. Anyway, yeah. I finally had it checked. They did an EKG, and I will quote the PA that did it. You have a little extra heartbeat. Sure. What does she mean? Sure. Now, what that is, it, it, it's rare from amlodipine. It could have been from amlodipine. Amlodipine works by dilating your arteries, making them bigger so that the blood pressure falls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a calcium channel blocker. And very rarely, when that dil- dilatation happens of your arteries, your heart responds by pumping a little harder. When it pumps a little harder, it can lead to what we call a premature contraction. So that's an extra heartbeat that comes on. It is benign. It feels bad for some people, but a lot of people who have these extra, it's like a muscle spasm. You ever had the twitch in your eye? Mm-hmm. That's oh, what it's yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, and so if it's bothering you enough, one of the things they can do is switch medications um, to something called a beta blocker, which not only lowers blood pressure, but sort of suppresses those extra heartbeats. If you've had it evaluated and if your healthcare provider has said it's nothing to worry about, then I think you're you know in pretty good shape. Did it work to lower your blood pressure? Did the amlodipine work? Uh, yeah. Well, good. Betty had a question about, I don't know whether it was really your question, but I have a question about it. You were taking, you were drinking two cups of coffee and then getting yeah. your blood pressure Everybody's checked. different. Really? I know people I, who drink one I, cup I, of coffee. I did not know that caffeine would temporarily run your blood pressure up. It can in okay. certain individuals. Everybody's different. Um, I've had people who drink eight cups of coffee a day, and they don't have high blood pressure, and they don't have skippy heartbeats or premature contraction. I know people who have half a cup of caffeinated coffee, and their blood pressure skyrockets, and their heart starts flying. So, you know, um, what what I generally do uh, for people who love and can't live without coffee, okay, is I go in the half and half. And I don't mean half and half of the creamer. I mean half caffeinated and half uncaffeinated. Yeah. And then you lower the amount of caffeine a little bit um, because some people just can't stand decaffeinated coffee because it doesn't give them a little bit of a kick. Right. But if, if, if you, have you cut back on your coffee or are you still doing two a day? I actually probably drink a cup and a half about yeah. um, 
Okay. Late afternoon, and that's all I drink. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, people sometimes say, well, I'm going to switch to tea. Yeah. Yeah, tea has caffeine. Yeah. So, you know, I think that for some people, coffee is the taste, but I think for a lot of people, it's the overall effect of the caffeine and of the aroma. Amen. You know, our nose being stimulated is really good. I mean, yeah. it really helps wake us up. Betty, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate the um, information. Well, I try to do my best. If there's anything I can be better at, call me back and tell <laughs> me. Thank you, Betty. I, w- I probably will call at another time with some more questions. We'll call anytime. I have more. Good. Thank you, Betty. This is Heart Health Radio. The telephone number is 919-860-9783. I know that this sounds like a really slick professional show that you would think, oh, they must be in Chicago. They must be in Detroit. This is one of those syndicated things. No, we're right here. Well, let me tell you. WPTS. Yes. Raleigh is becoming highfalutin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, okay, how long have you lived in Raleigh? I've lived in Raleigh for almost 20 years. And what a difference, huh? Yeah. And and it's it's growing really quickly. Right. I think a lot of people don't like it because they were used to Raleigh being a quiet, you know, small city. Right. We're already a medium. You know how many people are in Wake County? I don't know. 1.4 million. Wow. That's bigger than St. Louis. And everybody thinks of St. Louis as a big place. Sure. And Apple is going to open up a billion-dollar complex. There's yeah. going to be 3,000 new jobs. And I live in North Hills, and I'm telling you, there's one, two, three new skyscrapers going up. Right. Uh, you know the J.C. Penney store? Yeah. That's going to be huge. It's going to be um, a, a fancy new, not a mall. There's going to be one store. I can't remember the name of it. That's going to have you know thousands and thousands of square feet. They're going to have 400 um, apartments. They're going to yeah. have all sorts of things. So. Raleigh is up and coming. So, one day, yeah, when we're national, sure, they're going to yeah. say in beautiful downtown Raleigh, that yeah. bustling metropolis. That's right, because we're not moving, but we would love to take the show as yeah. far as it'll go. And yeah. by the way, we should do this every six months, if not more frequently. If you happen to own a radio station, yeah. And your your format is talk, and you just happen to find find us. Yeah, please put us on your radio. Put us on your That's radio all I'm show. saying. Coming up, we're going to talk about statins and dementia, restless leg syndrome, and a whole lot more. This is Heart Health Radio at nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. You can talk to Doctor Weefault and get some answers today on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefold? Call 919-860-9783. Heart Health Radio is on fine stations all over the place like FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, and sketchy stations as well, including WMOB in Secaucus, New Jersey. The Mob. It, the Mob. The Mob, and you know what you get? They play music a lot, a lot of a lot of Tony Bennett. What I heard also was da 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 da. Right, they play that like right before the news because the guy can't figure out what song make you make you an offer you can't refuse. He makes you an offer, and every fifteen minutes on WMOB. 
They got a guy says, hey, Joey, uh, I just want you to know that thing we talked about. Yeah, go ahead and do it, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> All right, Don in Fayetteville. Don, how are you? You there? Uh, yeah, he's here. Uh, hello, guys. Hey, <laughs> how we, are you? We love the show down in uh, down in Fayetteville. And, uh, doctor, I had a question. Sure. I recently uh, started taking really cold showers after the hot shower in the morning. Can <laughs> I have a heart attack and die during the cold shower? Mm, don't think so. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing is that the hot shower is really good for you. And people don't realize it, it, it's like exercise. It dilates your arteries, yeah. it gets your heart rate up, and it's, it's for some people, um, it's as good as about a mile run. So sitting in the hot tub or a sauna has been shown to reduce the risk of a heart attack. Now, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Why the heck are you doing the cold shower afterwards? You hear people like The Rock and these fitness guys that say it, it gets the lymph system to pump it out the bad stuff, and it's allegedly good for you. It, I do mentally feel more. My wake up time like three thirty four in the morning, so um, it, it does re, kind of energize me. But yeah, when I the, I first you know this. Taking these things, I feel like I probably die yeah, on the spot. The, the Swedish will sit in the sauna, and yeah. then they'll go out and roll in the snow. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's okay. I've never heard of a cold shower as being a risk factor for heart trouble. But, you know, the other thing is if it makes you happy, you know, being happy is, is a way to reduce your risk. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't give you for sure that uh, it is something you should keep doing, but what the heck. Uh, yeah, feel, it, it does. It, it does feel happen. great, but the shock of the cold water makes you just go, "Oh, I could, I could die doing this." But we enjoy your show, and thanks for taking my call. Love Thank you. you, Don. Take care of yourself. Thank you. All right. Telephone number here at nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Cold shower. Hmm. Well, I just—I'm going to be honest. I just looked it up, and the what are the benefits of cold showers? Yeah, itchy skin gets better. Okay. Now, here's the interesting thing. I would have thought that it would have reduced your circulation right. because of constriction of the arteries. And I guess what they say is it triggers uh, the circulatory system to reduce inflammation for some reason. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, not for some reason. Think about it. Yeah. When, when you're, you know, you ice down an inflamed joint. Right. You're icing right. down your whole body. So there is evidence yeah. that it's helpful. I find that if I – sometimes I'll take a shower or something and I'll, I'll turn the temperature of the water down, not cold, but lukewarm. And I think that's stimulating on my scalp. I don't know. I think I look better, feel better. Uh, I don't I have think more energy, possible. more vim. I don't think it's possible for you okay. to look better, okay? All right. Thank you. There <laughs> is a story out linking statins – and dementia, yeah, or as you call it, dementia. Dementia. Well, they don't really understand if it's a definite um, causal action. Right. But people who take statins long term do have a higher risk of dementia. It's not much. It's a little. And so the question in my mind yeah. is that if you have to take a statin, you have a higher uh, risk of uh, what we call hardening of the arteries or, right. or cholesterol buildup in the artery. 
So it's like if you have to take a statin or your doctor recommends a statin, then you're already at risk for dementia due to um, small artery blockages in right. the brain. Right. And if you are not one of those people who have to take a statin because your cholesterol level is not that bad, then are you um, not as high as a risk, a risk for dementia because your arteries may not be that blocked? Yeah. The only way to know for sure, and what is that? Uh, is to take people who have high cholesterol yeah. and give half a statin, I mean, half, a statin, half the people a statin right. and half the people a sugar pill. Now, that's probably unethical because if you have a high cholesterol and you have risk factors for heart or vascular disease, then it is recommended you take a statin. So right. I don't think that trial could be done. But that's the only really way. And to know. Remember that when they get these risk or, you know, your risk things, it's associations. There could be another reason. So they say you take a statin, you have a higher risk of um, uh, dementia, but is the statin the cause of the dementia or is it a fellow traveler? In other yeah. words, you're, if you need a statin, you have a more risk for having blocked arteries. More risk for blocked arteries in the brain means more risk for dementia. So I don't know if it's causal, and we don't know. So I take a statin. Good. Um, is Does this mean that I already have a higher risk of dementia? Yeah, and it could be, and this is the flip side, is that if you didn't take the statin, you'd have more chances to get demented. Huh. Yeah. I, mean, I will tell you right now that my children already believe that I've slipped a, a, I've, a well, little I bit. have definitely slipped. I'll be sitting in the room with a patient. Yeah. And I'll want to tell them uh, what medicine I'm going to give them. And I can't remember the I mean, I, I yeah. know it. Yeah. But the name doesn't come to me. So I've got to sit there and clear my mind. And it pops up. And that never used to happen 10 years ago. I have noticed more that senior thing where you walk in a room and you not know why you're there. Mm. Walk in the copy room, you know. Now, when it happens, sometimes I'm I'm in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There are very few th reasons I would go in the bathroom. <laughs> it's I can I can count on one hand the number of reasons I could be. In the bathroom. Well, I go in there to find my phone. Well, that's you know that's one of the five reasons. And you yes. know what I have to do now? What? I'm, I'm going to buy a flip phone. And you know why I'm going to buy a flip phone? So that you can, can find call your call my other phone. <laughs> how many times, if, if you're listening Wait. in my office, how many no, no, no. times do I have to come out and say, where's my phone? <laughs> can somebody call it? And then there's the problem when they call it. What's that? I got it on vibrate. Everybody quiet. Yeah. And right. so I'm going to get a flip phone. So when I lose my phone <laughs> in the house, I can find it. But what's the okay. what's going to be the problem? What? I'm going to lose the flip phone. <laughs> and I'm well, not buying gonna... a third phone to find the flip phone to find the iPhone. I'm not doing it. I had my wife call my phone so that we could find my phone. Mm -hmm. Yes? I pick up the phone and we, we've heard it ring, and I she hangs up, and I pick up the phone, and the first thing I see, I say, "Oh, honey, I got a missed call from you." <laughs> you don't even remember. I don't that remember. You were, listen, uh, trying to find your phone. All right, telephone number nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three, and 
FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Should mention that uh, WPTF is running a mosquito-free summer opportunity through Keith and Christy Brown of Mosquito Shield. They've been on making your home great. Um, I just killed one. You did? Got another one. That's great. We could have avoided that here in the studio if we just had them visit. You could get several treatments with their all-natural treatments, and you can choose if you want all-natural or mostly natural and just a little bit of pesticide. I believe in pesticide. All right. All right. But but the, the stuff they use is basically it's got garlic in it, and the bugs stay away. Doesn't kill them necessarily, but they stay away well, from can you, can your you just, yard. Can you just hang some garlic around your neck? No, you can't. You've uh. got to call Mosquito Shield of Wake County. We'll and, do it. And, we'll do it. Or go to WPTF.com and sign up for the contest. And remember, mosquitoes cause definitely cause illnesses, and you want to get rid of mosquitoes. All right. Sue in Apex. How you doing, Sue? I'm doing great. Good. What can we do for you? Okay, you were just discussing statins. Um, I've done some research on that issue as um, I'm going to be having to go on a statin. And I understand there's a new type of statin that um, stops, if you will, the cholesterol in a different way than the ones that have been on the market. Is there any correlation between that new statin or new approach and dementia? Yeah, and and no, there isn't. It might not have been out long enough. I think you're talking about Nexlatol, and it is a new medication. It it is not in the same family as a statin. It kind of works on the same pathway, and it has been approved. Nexlatol or mm-hmm. Nexlazet. Nexlazette is a combination of Nexlatol and Azetamibi, which is Zetia. I've found that this medication works very well in people who are statin intolerant. What does that mean? It means you get definite muscle aches from statin. Yeah. Um, and it's really a great medicine. Now, what's the difference in terms of taking it? Nexlatol has not been shown, because it's not been around enough, to reduce the risk of death. Statins reduce the risk of death from, and also stroke and also heart attack in people with vascular disease. But it hadn't been around long enough to see if it really is associated with dementia. And it hasn't been around long enough. They haven't done this study, which takes a long time, a long, long right. time, to see if it reduces the risk of death or stroke or heart attack. So I think it's a great medicine. Um, I've, I've treated people who have had statin intolerance um, with this medication, and it does lower cholesterol. I think it's almost as good, maybe not quite as good, but remember, there is another type of medicine out, which is a shot, and we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Nexlatol and statins are pills. Well, this is a monoclonal antibody, which I take. It's called Repatha, and it works in a different way than a statin, and my LDL cholesterol is down to 11 it was wow. 178, and now it's 11. Now, you ask, why did I want it down that far? I'm on Crestor and Zetia, and now it, that, got, that combination got it down to 138 from 178. And I started taking 
the medicine Repatha. Every two weeks, I give a little tiny injection under my skin, and now my LDL is 11. Well, I have had blockages. I had a minor blockage in the f- Widowmaker, and I had a minor blockage in my left carotid that feeds the brain, and guess what? Yeah. After two years, they shrank. Now, they're not gone completely. So, if you're intolerant to a statin and you have a very high risk of heart disease uh, or have had heart disease, you could take Nexlatol or Nexlazet and it will lower your cholesterol. It has not been proven to reduce the risk of a second heart attack or a first heart attack. Repatha works and it does lower your risk and it is associated with actually reducing the amount of cholesterol in your bloodstream. So, talk to your doctor if it, yeah. I'm assuming that you may be statin intolerant. Nekvitol works to lower your cholesterol. Repatha works to lower your cholesterol and reduce your risk of a future event. Oh, that's great information. Thank yeah. you. Well, thanks for calling. Good luck, Sue. Uh-huh. Hey, Thank can you. I ask you a question? Yeah. Yes. Am I being condescending? Condescending. Yeah, to you. Uh, did it, it, did it, it sound somebody like... Somebody complained on... on my Apple podcast site yeah. that I'm condescending to women. So I'm going to ask you, do you huh. think I've been condescending? Well, I'm a strong personality for a woman. And in that conversation, no, you were not. Thank you. Okay. And if you, I am, <laughs> tell me to shut up. You would not have, Sue, you would not have put up with it, would you? That's right. I would say, excuse me. Yeah. Stand up for yourself, Sue. All right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. I'm not going to play with of that before. Okay. I'm not going to play you. with this too much, but you know, the, I almost want to drift into words and things that would be condescending. Well, you know, just to just to see. Like, uh, okay, here's here's condescending. Dave, yeah. I'm a doctor, and you're not. Yeah, that that's true. Thank you, Sue, for calling. This is Heart Health Radio. Uh, we're going to talk to. Uh, uh, talk to the next caller at 919-860-9783. We're going to talk more about this uh, restless leg syndrome and Trulicity helping ED. That's coming up. You know you know what the, the new term for the emergency room department. is? Yeah, it's the ED. It's the emergency mm. department. So well, I'm walking I, around I, seeing this sign. Your wife to- tells me that you visit ED every night. I, I <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, boom. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up. People just do good things, and we shout them out. Well, you know, we talked before about how cosmopolitan and and techni- technical, yeah, um, that Raleigh is becoming. I want to shout out the company Grail, as in Holy Grail. Yeah. And they're in the Research Triangle Park, and they um, are one of the biotech companies there that's doing great things. They have come up with a blood test they call Galeri. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, G-A-L-L-E-R-I. And it detects the presence in your blood of 50 different cancers. It's amazing. And the reason, yeah. I think, is because when you have a cancer, there are certain uh, proteins, and, and genetic segments of DNA right. that are unique to that cancer. And for 949 bucks, you can get tested. Bargain. And I think it's not 100%, but no test can be 100% accurate. It's very accurate, and it's approved. And I think that we're going to see over time that this will be a great test to 
find that you have a cancer yeah. way before it's bad. And perhaps, and I'm not saying this is true because it's not been true proven, but that perhaps it's curable when caught early. True. So sh- shout out to Grail. Is it too late to buy their stock? Uh, I don't know. Okay. You know, I've never been interested in discovering new technologies in order to buy stock. Really? Yeah, because what I, I, I used to buy stocks, and then I made a whole lot of money. Yeah. And then the next year, I lost it all. Yeah. And I, I had Apple at $8 a share. Oh. I had a, a, a good amount of money, and yeah. the broker convinced me to sell it. Yeah. So I just put my money in mutual, uh, one particular investment group, yeah. and yeah. just tell them I trust them. I tell them my investment goals, and they've done very well for you me. You know how people buy um, stuff, they buy uh, uh, commodities. Mm-hmm. I, I have all my money in cardboard. Oh. And, and I thought it was BS. No, no, no. And now, now I worked out a deal. I don't have to keep it at the house, but I, I, I personally own three quarters of a ton of cardboard. Of cardboard. Is yeah. it in silos? It's, uh, it's stored. Yeah. We're yeah. hoping it's, you know. All right, listen. Restless legs. Rassless. That's what Belinda would say. I have restless legs. <laughs> so, so what's the deal? Well, okay. People, when you they hear from me. That I want to do a sleep study. They yeah. are like, I don't want that thing on my face. Yeah. And I say, well, you know, you're having leg cramps sometimes, and you could have what's called restless leg. Now, remember this. We've talked about it before. In order to get a good night's sleep, you have to three times a night go into this deep, deep sleep. Yeah. You have to be paralyzed. You have to breathe through your nose. Right. Every part of your brain and body shuts down except for this little midbrain, right. which is our reptilian remnant which controls breathing. So our muscles in the breathing system still work, but the rest of them aren't. You know, they call it sleep paralysis. Dr. Weefall, I got sleep paralysis. You're supposed to. Yeah. Three times a night for 20 minutes. And if you don't, you don't, you feel terrible because your body hasn't regenerated all those nerve chemicals and and proteins that keep you awake and keep you strong. Restless legs is not the breathing problem. So if you have sleep apnea, you get obstructed, and you can't get air into your lungs, and therefore you... Yeah. It sounds like that. And, yes. And you have to wake up. Uh-huh. So you don't suffocate. Well, if you can't stop moving your legs, then you'll never get into the paralysis part of the deep, deep sleep. Okay. So I do this for restless leg syndrome, too. And you don't have to necessarily have charley horses or you know, numb feelings or pain, you can not even know you have restless legs. You just feel tired the next day. Yeah. So there are all sorts of things you can do for it. it it's a treatable thing. Um, there are medicines. There's magnesium. There are some other, com- you know, over-the-counter things that people can try. Yeah. And it's important. And the other thing is that they know that sleep apnea is associated with a very high risk of heart disease. Why is that? Because in order to stay awake during the day, you got to have stress hormones elevated. You got to have that epinephrine high, right. so you have any energy at all, and that's a risk for heart disease, and that's a risk for a heart attack. Well, now the studies are out because they never looked at it simply. Okay, suppose you don't have sleep apnea, just restless leg. Right. It's just as high a risk as obstructive sleep apnea. So, get your sleep study, and know that if you don't want to wear a mask, 
there's something new out. And we talked about it before. It's called the Inspire. It's a pacemaker for your throat. Yeah. And it doesn't make your throat jump. It's a little pacemaker with small little electrodes to certain muscles in your throat. And it senses when you're not opening up, and it gives a teeny, weeny electric signal, opens up your mouth, the air comes in, you don't have to wear a mask. And it's a fantastic device. You think the insurance company would go along with that? Guess what? What? Medicare pays for it. If Medicare pays for it. Blue Cross Blue Shield pays for it. Now, your doctor has to jump through some hoops, uh, but that's not that hard. You have to demonstrate a failure or intolerance to CPAP. Oh, yeah. And that's not hard to do. I only have a handful of patients who tolerate their CPAP well. And I think this is a game changer. I really do. And I think the studies are going to come out that I think there's a greater um, uh, tolerance Mm -hmm. and a higher percentage of treatment successes for sleep apnea. That is my guess. Don't quote me. But I think the Inspire device, and it's been around a long time. I didn't know, five years, more, maybe more. Yeah. And I haven't been using it. And I've had several patients. Donna Countryman has been on the show, and she's given me permission to talk about the fact that she's got the Inspire. They're going to turn it on, and I think she's going to be great. Neat. Okay. I take a medicine called Ozempic. Ozempic is is a treatment for my diabetes. Right. It's called a GLP-1 agonist. What does it do? It makes your body respond, produce more of your own insulin, and it makes your own insulin work better. So we call it a metabolic, you know, enhancer. It it sort of gets rid of some of the problems with eating sugar and storing it as fat. It really lowers A1C, which is that measurement of long-term high glucose. Right. So hemoglobin A1C, you want it around 6 to 7, depending upon how you know hard you struggle. I notice, and this makes sense, that I don't have to take as much insulin yeah. because I've taken the Ozempic. Right, it there's, makes your insulin work better. Yeah. There's another medicine called Trulicity, which they've found now has, yeah. I would call it a side effect. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be what we call a class effect. There are several medications in this class. Trulicity, oh, 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 ozempic. That's yes. the, I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. Then there's bidurian. There's several others. All of these are injectable GLP-1 agonists. Yes. We talked before about ribelsis. That's the oral one. Well, trulicity helps you keep it up. And it, that's erectile dysfunction. And yeah. the people who've been on Trulicity yeah. have overall the percentage that have not developed ED is higher in the Trulicity group. Now, it could be that what it does is by lowering your sugar and keeping your A1C under control, you don't have as much damage to the blood vessels to the male organ. But, hey, if that's a side effect, now, it if you are diabetic and you do have erectile dysfunction, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a cure. What we're saying is if you can take one of these class of medication, not only does it reduce your risk of heart attack, but it reduces your risk of, you know, the, the terrible, terrible thing of not being able to, you know, utilize your manhood. Okay. Very quick story. <laughs> we got to go. You know, on the commercial it says... Uh, ask your doctor whether you're healthy enough for sexual activity. 
I asked my doctor. He said, I think the real problem is finding somebody who would you know, healthy go, enough go for along you. with you. Yeah. All right, this is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.